0: Thanks for joining us for another amazing message from C3 Church Calendar. Our hope is that our podcast will equip and connect you to Jesus. Now prepare your hearts to receiving something new from God today. Hey everybody, how's it going? All alright. You're here on a sunny day, you're here in the summer, you're here when the FIFA final is on. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't have told you. Croatia all right we're just gonna take a moment of silence for the beards we have lost this week (laughs) Stephen Sean McCauley our security man identity is more than more than a beard it's more than a beard I love the worship I love the worship this morning thank you Thank you, thank you for the people that are up here. Thank you for engaging in the worship. Yeah. My gosh. Yeah. Rock and roll. That's good stuff. Um, let's just talk about that for a minute. This is about Philippians. This, this month is Philippians. I get Philippians 3, which is pretty cool. Um, it starts off with looking like Paul is going to close the book. He's going to close the letter he's kind of, some people, some commentaries say he's actually winding up. He says, whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things. And I do it to safeguard your faith. So everything that we worship this morning, everything that we declared in worship was truth, was truth. And we safeguard our heart and our faith and our walk with Christ by rejoicing in the Lord. We rejoice in the Lord. And as soon as Paul says that, he's like, well, I'm going to wind up rejoice in the Lord and he's like actually that reminds me there's some dogs (laughs) you got some dogs in your church who are telling you that Christ is not enough that you need to get circumcised that you need to live by the law again it was all great you know they're like it was great that you know Christ but but there's some other things that you really need to do I'm sorry but there's some other things and Paul is like oh yeah rejoice in the Lord oh yeah actually no there's nothing else. There's nothing else but Christ. There's nothing else but Christ. And there's, an in, there's kind of a, a really interesting context for him to tell the Philippians this. Because there were some people in the church that he led to the Lord in some really weird and, and overwhelming circumstances. It was actually, if you look at Acts 16, if you want to take a peek there, if you got a Bible... Take a peek at Acts 16. If you don't have a Bible, there's a great thing called the Bible app. Open your app to Acts 16. And I just want to read this little story here. This is the one thing I actually didn't get put on the Sky Bible. I I didn't want to overwhelm slides on everybody. So you can just, if you don't have your Bible and I don't have it up here, just, just listen, just listen. This is when Paul was in Philippi the place that Philippians is written to. 1622, a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in stocks. The jailer at this point didn't know Paul from a hole in the ground, but he threw him in a hole in the ground and he's like, okay, my life is on the line. They told me I can't lose him. I'm gonna put him not in the dungeon, but in the inner dungeon. There's a dungeonier dungeon, than the dungeon I'm gonna, the normal people go to. You go there. I'm gonna clap him in chains. I'm gonna chain him up. Job done. Around midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner, every prisoner, not just them. It wasn't just other moments when there's been a, you know, an angel came and, you know, tapped Peter on the side of the head and said, get up, get out. When they, when they worshiped, when they rejoiced in the Lord, the chains of every prisoner fell off, and every door opened every door opened. That's our job. Our job is to see that happen. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, Stop. Don't kill, kill yourself. We are all here. So these prisoners did not run away. They heard a person worship. They saw an earthquake they saw doors pop open they saw chains fall off their hands they weren't worshiping they were not committing their lives to jesus but they they were affected as well and they stuck around they didn't bail they knew god was up to something they knew god was up to something because they heard a word if nothing else happened because it's funny this city was destroyed by an earthquake in 619 A.D., about 550 years later. Earthquakes were a normal thing in this part of the country. But they heard worship, and an earthquake happened. It was like, this place could come down around your ears, but instead doors popped open and chains fell off. Imagine an earthquake strong enough that it breaks chains off without ripping your your arms out of your sockets. Like, you know, they know something, something miraculous just happened and they're not going to run away from that. They're going to stick around and see what's going to happen. Paul shouted to him, the jailer. He said, stop, don't kill yourself, we're all here. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, sirs, sirs, (laughs) I know I threw you in the deepest hole here, but kind sir, (laughs) what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he, then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. The first people in the church, apart from Lydia, who got saved a couple of paragraphs before, boom, this is the church. How many convicts Went with the jailer and his family to church. Or, thing went to one, started one. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. His entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. They all believed in God. Whatever happens, so hear it again. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard your faith. How many uh, have our, our faith twisted and, and, and put into a spin and tested when we're thrown into a difficult circumstance? We practiced that this morning, practiced it during worship. We worshiped God out of, outside of our circumstance. We left our circumstance for a moment. We entered heaven. We stood before God by faith like you do. And we worshiped him. We left the physical realm for a moment. I don't get too mes- physical here. I, I don't get too corny, but but we did act on a spiritual level today. So we work against those dogs in the church and in our own heart that would tell us that Christ was not enough, and we do that by rejoicing in the Lord when everything else has chained us up, when everything else has worked against us, when everything else feels like it's stuck, when I'm angry, when I've been hurt and I'm not forgiving someone, when I've been bound up. I'm never bound up so badly that I can't turn to Christ and look him and recognize his power and authority over me and over my situation. Rejoicing in the Lord says to yourself and others, I choose knowing Christ to be the center of my world. Have you done that? Have you spoken those words? I choose, knowing Christ, to be the center of my world. And I choose to rejoice in that. I don't necessarily feel like it at moments. But by faith, we take that step out and we choose it. We choose it. Every single person, whether you're a Christian or not, had your life breathed into you by God. If you look back at the the story of Genesis, when God created people, he made them out of the dust of the ground, breathed his life into them, breathed his life into them. We recognize that God powers, is powering every single person. And it's incredible because he actually gives us the choice of what to do with that. He gives us choices from the garden it was um it was putting the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in it and and God says you can do anything you want you do anything. please don't do that don't put it right there right there don't do that you can do anything you want you can eat from the tree of life but don't do that please because I just want us to walk in relationship it'll be great it'll be awesome he didn't put it on a mountain I heard somebody say this. He didn't put on a mountain. These guys weren't wearing clothes in Genesis, and they felt no shame. But he didn't put, he didn't put the tree of knowledge up on a mountaintop somewhere. Right. <laughs> They're going to have to climb and climb up with no... Uh, they didn't go to Mount Equipment Co-op because there wasn't any clothes. <laughs> and they couldn't climb up, and, and you know, I'm going to do that thing. No, he put it right in front of him. It wasn't even temptation. He was just like, here you go. Here's a choice. You can take it or not. He breathes into us And he waits for us to meet him. He waits for us to turn to him. I'm going back to my notes now. (laughs) The jailer and his family in Philippi saw rejoicing. They saw what it was like for someone to choose rejoicing, to choose rejoicing in Christ after he himself put them in chains. Paul and Silas. He saw them experience joy. He saw everybody actually experience joy after acting on the power that God had given them to choose to rejoice in Him. We have the power to choose. Um, I, I know at certain times in my life, myself, and I know other people, there's this feeling like I can't control my thoughts. I can't, I can't, um, I'm not in charge of my own thoughts. And you know, I just, they'd go where they want to go. That's not actually true. But little by little, bit by bit, you can turn your own heart, you can turn your own thoughts to Christ. If you don't feel like you can't, you just need to ask Christ. Christ, help me. Christ, help me. I can't, I can't recognize you. I can't see you. I can't, I can't acknowledge. I, it's so hard. I'm so blind. Open my eyes. Show me how to receive you. How, show me how to see you. How to, how to praise you. And then just do it. Why do we want to rejoice in the Lord? I want to rejoice in the Lord so that chains can fall off my life and other people. I want to rejoice in the Lord because I want prisons to open. I want to rejoice in the Lord because I want to see the power of God. I rejoice in the Lord because I want to be free, more free. And I want others to see how awesome Jesus is. I find oftentimes instead of that feeling, Instead of feeling powerful, instead of feeling like close to God, oftentimes I feel insecure. I feel anxious. I feel a victim. I'm at the mercy of people and circumstances. I feel angry and hurt. I feel powerless. I feel far from God. I feel stuck. I feel like I hit a wall. I feel like I can't figure out a way out of this problem. The thinking that got me into it can't get me out. Philippians 3, verses 7 and 8. Paul is just finished talking about the things that were his accomplishments, the things that he could boast in. In Philippians 3, 7 and 8, he says, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. There's something that happens when I'm fearful. There's something that happens when I'm anxious. There's something that happens when someone hurts me and I choose not to forgive them. I keep choosing something over Christ. I keep choosing an old way of thinking. I keep thinking that if I don't forgive that person, it's gonna work out great. So good. Trust me. No, I keep choosing things over Christ. I get to choose between Christ and anything else. Christ and forgiving someone. I can only have one of the two. I can choose between walking with Christ, and I can choose between not forgiving someone. I only have one or the other. Christ and our own plans. Christ and the broken tools that were dealt to me by life, dealt to me by my parents, dealt to me by my circumstances that I learned to cope with in a whacked-out way. Christ and the comfort of what I have, what I've done, and what I am. Or I can choose between Christ and the dread of what I don't have, what I've done, and maybe who I am, I can choose between Christ and and the flaws in my life. But God treats us like we're powerful, like we're responsible for our own lives. And he wants us to take responsibility for our lives so that we can actually invite him in. As a, as a victim, if I choose to see myself as a victim, um, I'm I'm constantly telling God, sick him, get that other guy." <laughs> but when I start to take responsibility for my life, I realize, man, I'm I'm here. You know, I mean, terrible things have, might happen to me, horrible things may have happened to me, but man, I'm totally responsible for how I responded to that. Yeah. And look where it's put me. Look where it's placed me. Yeah, it's when when you feel the pain of that, when you feel the weight of that responsibility. And you can, you can turn that to Christ, and you can go, oh, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, look what I've chosen. I, I did that. Some, yeah, he did that, or she did that to me. But look what I've chosen as a response. Oh, God, I can't get myself out of this. I, don't ha- I do not have enough power to get out of this, to get healthy again, to walk like Christ, to break the chains from this prison. I want to turn to you now. Philippians 3, 18 and 19. He keeps on following this, this thought. For as I've often told you before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows that they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They're headed for destruction. God is their appetite, and they brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. I I hate, I hate <laughs> Parts of me, really, do not like the cross. Really, do not like the cross of Christ. We had a g- brilliant conversation with Pastor Sam Pickens about the cross last night. It was beautiful. Um, you are constantly confronted by moments of, of responding in fear or in love, in a situation. So, I'm, I'm not going to talk about what <laughs> what's happening lately, but let's say years back when I first started as pastor here, like every three months, something would just, like, punch me in the gut, Some, something that was, like, undermining my strength, or I felt my, a complete weakness in an area, or a frustration with something, and I was just like, done, <laughs> I'm done, this is crazy, crazy. People are crazy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And, uh, and the question was always, and, and, and here's how it came out. Here's how it came out. We go for a trip, because I got family out on Vancouver Island, and every time I go to Vancouver Island, I'd look at the realtor pages, and I'd be like, look at the price of houses out here. Honey, if we can do it in Calgary, if we can own a house in Calgary, we can own a house on the island. We can totally do it. And Melissa's like, come on. Come like, on. What did what did Jesus say? He's like, well, he didn't say to go. He said to stay. He said that he's, he didn't say anything. So obviously, he told us to stay. That's the last thing he told me is to stay. She's like, okay. Did it did it for a couple of years at a time, and finally, it's just like, oh my gosh, no! I'm why am I why am I pulling away from what from where Jesus is? Why am I pulling away from where Jesus is? what the world, so I'm just like, okay, Jesus, you never said to go anywhere, so I know there's things in me that you're provoking, that you're healing, that you're putting your finger on, that you're you're tweaking in my life, which I don't much like sometimes, you're you're knocking your door on rooms in my heart that I I don't really want to let you into, preferences, even in how I spend my evenings, even how I spend my time, what it looks like to have conversations with my kids, what it looks like to honor spiritual leaders over me, We have the weirdest relationship, Pastor Lorne and I. Right. It's so <laughs> strange. I'm, I'm such a relational guy. And, and, and I've, I've, I've made close, close friends with everyone around Pastor Lorne. I'm, trust me, I'm going to a good place with this. <laughs> but, but with Pastor Lorne, it's also, here's this God-appointed person who, by, by, the, by the flow of the org chart, is over top of me, he can say anything to me he wants. He can ask me to do anything he wants. And, but, but, but like, but when he talks to me, it feels like Yoda sometimes. And it, it's just, and, and there's this thing where it's like, I don't understand what you just said. Uh, I'll write it down. Maybe I'll understand it later. <laughs> but but we, don't go out, we don't go out shooting. We don't go out hunting. We don't go out, I don't know, do stuff. But, but every time, I've let Pastor Lauren be Pastor Lauren, and to be who he is, according to God made him in relationship to me, I've been reshaped and reformed. It's, it's very, very cool. Yeah. What are you cl- clapping for? I don't know, it really hurts. But, because but, I'm, I'm so used, I'm so used to, no, no, no. No, everything is conveyed by, by deep, deep, meaningful relationship. We need to cry together and hug, and, and then you can speak into my life, and he's just not a hugger. <laughs> but, 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 but it's been such a reshaping tool in my life, and I, just, I bless you for that, and I thank you. Yeah, it's been huge. And quite honestly, when you say yes to God in one area, and you go, yes, okay, okay, all right. It's not what I expected. It's not what I, how, I, how I see it happen normally. It violates, it doesn't violate the Bible, but dang, it violates my expectations. Yeah. Dang. I surrender my expectations. And, and it makes it so much easier when you say yes in one area where you go like, okay, I'm just going to die a little bit, let my expectations just hang on the cross. Fine. And then you, there'll be another area where it's like, oh no, I did it there. And you know what? God actually reshaped my life profoundly. And and going back to a couple years ago, starting as a pastor, you know what? Every three months, I'd be like, this is nuts. And then it became every six months. And then I began to realize whenever I didn't run away, that God God reshaped me and reformed me. And he gave me revelations. And he gave me authority over myself. And actually, I realized I have very little authority over anybody else. Except me. Thank God it's good all of a sudden you begin to feel powerful again it's like oh you know what i can actually tell myself what to do and i can do it you know when i say yes to jesus and it's like oh look at that jesus is actually leading me towards this relationship with someone who's going to be an awesome authority over my life get reshaped you know what god was faithful there as i'm going to follow jesus again whatever else he leads me up against that next wall and here's kind of how it feels like it feels like at moments you're going to feel like you hit a wall like life got stuck and honestly, it's probably not a big shift that needs to happen. But it will always begin with, Jesus led me to this wall. He's faithful. Yeah. And then you say, Jesus, what do you want to say? What do you want to reshape in me? Like, I'm just, I'm just giving you the big fat yes to what you want to do. I'm just giving you a big fat yes. I trusted you. You are faithful there. This is, I'm, I'm off a map over here. I don't know what happens over there. And I guess that's what I'm afraid of. I guess question again, are you were you good, but dang, we're off a map over here. Are you good over here? I, I really hope, and it's just a step of faith, and it's just like, yeah, we're going to. Yeah. And he's been faithful every time. You go through and you'd be thankful for the times in the past when Jesus led you to the wall, and, it, and, and you were so angry and frustrated, like bashing your head against the wall, trying to break through. And you let, you let people speak into your life that you respect, that are men and women of God you read your word, you let it wash you, and then you're like, oh, that's a broken tool I grew up with. I thought the world was like that, but it's not. Oh my gosh, I've been blind. The most profound thing that I've been praying over the last six months is from Luke 18, where there's a blind person hearing a, a group of a crowd of people walk by with Jesus, and he yells, son of man, have mercy on me. Son of man, have mercy on me. And Jesus calls a blind person to Himself, and He says, "What do you want?" Blind person says, "I want to see." I've I've camped on that moment, and I I live there right now, where it's just like, God, like, God, have mercy on me. I want to see. I want to see. And I trust that You're good. Before I can see anything else, I trust that You're good. Hebrews 11, he rewards those who diligently seek him. That's my starting place. Everything starts there. Every wall I hit next starts there. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He's not passive. He is not a force. He is personal. He is near. He is here. And he is not according to your feelings. He is not according to your feelings. Two minutes. I, I used up all my time. I said it was going to go short. Oh, my gosh. Okay. How do we get free? I just told you. We remove every condition off of following Jesus, and we follow him wherever he goes. Paul and Silas are in prison, and they're like, well, next stop, following Jesus, beating with rods, thrown in prison. Well, what do we do? What do we do? I guess we worship. Hmm? Did they know there was going to be an earthquake? No. There might have been a lot of earthquakes, but I didn't know if there was like a, there's a midnight earthquake every night. They didn't know how they, what was going to happen. They didn't know if anything was going to happen, but they knew what was right to do, and they knew what would realign their hearts to walk with Christ. They worshiped. They rejoiced in the Lord. Sometimes it's with singing. Sometimes it's in your heart. It's declaring, speaking. Sometimes it's just getting hold of thoughts before they get hold of you. And saying, no, 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 I'm going to subject that thought to the truth. Christ is here. He is good. That He is leading me in a way that will grow me and make me more powerful, cause me to trust in Him, and He will sort the rest. He will sort the rest. Philippians 3 10 and 11. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. We can have the worship team come back up actually now. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I experience the resurrection from the dead. I want to experience the resurrection from the dead. I want to know Christ, and I want to experience the resurrection from the dead. Every time I've hit a wall in my life that has made me furious, angry, made me feel powerless, I've experienced the resurrection from the dead when I didn't run away, when I knew that Christ was standing with me at that wall, saying like, no, 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 there's this one thing that's going to bring you through this. I'm going to speak it to you. And I've experienced a resurrection from the dead again and again and again. So I would love... God has resurrection power for every one of us. He does. He does. There is no one in here who is disqualified from the resurrection power of Christ. There's no one here who does not... um, Who cannot receive Christ into their lives. If you've never received Christ before, you can receive Him today. You can. You can. Now you can say, because of my past or because of what I've done. It honestly, it just doesn't matter. The only thing that's, that's holding you back is your feelings. It's it. Father God, right now I pray patience on each one of us here in Jesus' name. Lord, not that it would all happen necessarily at once, but that, Father God, today that room that we need to open up and let Christ into, we would do in Jesus' name. We would say, Jesus, I rejoice in your love. I rejoice in knowing you. And because of that, I just surrender. I surrender this broken way of thinking. I surrender this part of my life that I have never surrendered to part I didn't trust you with before, I, tr- I, huh, I decide to trust you with now in Jesus' name. I want your resurrection power to change me in a way that I can't change myself. So I'd love for us, if we got a moment, we go into one more song. We're gonna sing one more song of worship, and if if this resonates with you at all, you can stay in your seat or you can come to the front. But I would just encourage you just to choose that one thing that you need to surrender to Christ, and you would you would declare God's glory over you, declare that He is faithful. Love to pray with you and introduce you to Jesus if he can have a relationship a close relationship with you into a relationship with you All right. let's go into one more song